You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. This week on Gold Chat Live, we're talking about live streaming. Now, just for a little context, this was recorded as part of my Gold Chat Live conversation, so you may see some meta references. The other thing that I wanted to share later in the episode, I claimed a shiny object goal was going to be Instagram stories, but I changed it to IGTV. Okay, you're caught up, you're ready to roll. Let's get down to talking with Julie Riley about live streaming. Just a couple weeks ago, I was a guest on Julie Riley's live stream show, and now we get to turn the tables and I get to ask the questions. Julie and I have known each other for years, and other than when we talked two weeks ago when she interviewed me, we hadn't seen each other in like three years, and I was like, yay, yeah. the magic of connecting. So Julie is the social media manager for StreamYard, and she's awesome. So what else do people need to know about you? Yeah, so I got started in digital marketing in 2007, so the very early days of digital marketing. That was like the wild, wild west out there. Mm -hmm. um, and really transitioned from the early, early days of e-commerce on eBay sales, setting up um, internet website sales, things like that. So going from that e-commerce to transitioning into the social media side of things in 2010. So when Facebook business pages first became a thing, um, I was one of the very early Facebook business pages with a previous business I had and fell in love with the social media marketing side of all of that. And through that, that led me to my current position as the social media manager for StreamYard. It's really funny. So you say you started around 2007 is around the time that I got in to social as well, because I've had my right on group for years. And then after one too many times of people saying, Deb, when are you becoming a blog? When are you becoming social media? So mm -hmm. I learn in creating my own community. So I love, and you're right. I say I was like at the end of the pioneers. So right before <laughs> things went mainstream. And isn't that right. just such a fun position to be in? It was, and it was, it was kind of getting to figure out like what was here, what was going to stay. Um, you know, Facebook existed, but nobody was using it for that kind of purpose. It was still all the college students that were hanging out over there. Um, MySpace was kind of trickling down at the end of things. So it was figuring out where businesses fell into social media. And at the time, it was predominantly through um, e-commerce side of things, blogging side of things, um, the start of video over on YouTube. So it was really kind of interesting and fun to figure out the place that you were going to be. So what do you know now that you wish you knew like all those years ago, especially mm -hmm. since so much has changed? Oh my gosh. Um, 
to to not be afraid and to get out there and just really kind of go for it. You've got to you've got to be willing to just take that risk and take that steps. You're going to hate the way you sound. You're going to hate the way you look on camera. It's all of these things that um bother people that you're going, "You know what though? One, nobody's hearing your voice the same way you hear your own voice." Um so it's that ability to just go I can do this to not overthink the process, to have a plan, but to do it, to get out there with the live video um, or even the recorded, whatever way you're going, to not overthink all of the equipment. Um, my gosh, I recently have stepped up my equipment game. I went live for years on nothing but my cell phone and a lavalier mic and, uh, you know, like a little plug-in one with the cord that just sat in front of me. Um, no lighting. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you can do it with, with minimal steps and not have to go, oh my gosh, I've got to spend thousands and I've got to look perfect and sound perfect and no one's perfect. Wait, wait, you're not supposed to be perfect. No. What? No. Right? Be human. Be human. Robots are perfect. And, and we're not robots. And even robots every now and then. <laughs> yeah. They make right? their own mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Do you think anybody who hasn't started yet has been missing the boat? They they haven't missed it. And and there never really is a miss it. But the thing that everybody, you know, I hear my, my guest today on my show, I asked him, I said, if you could go back what would be the one piece of advice? And he's like, start sooner. So so your time to start is now. This is your sooner. You can't go back in time. So we can't we can't start sooner. So you have to start now. So in a month from now, a year from now, two years from now, you're not still saying, I wish I'd have started sooner. The sooner is now. It's funny because people ask me that all the time about blogging. Yeah. It's like, is it too late to start a blog? No. It's never too late to start something, which, and, and I feel like I need to do like a little Deb thing now. So Deb is determine your mission, explore your options, brainstorm your path. And if you start, if you take the time, even if it's a little to figure out the mission for your business or your live show or your blog or your whatever, yeah. and then explore your options. Is it going to be a live, a blog, a video show, and then brainstorm your path, figure out the pieces and you can do this in a little bit of time or a long time, a long, you can take a week or a month or whatever, mm -hmm. but that's still not a lot of time if you commit, but to like set yourself up for success. And then I know you agree with me that done is better than perfect. Yes. Yeah. And I think so many people get stuck in the details when they're trying to get started. Like I said, with the camera or the way I sound or the, what am I going to talk about? Or what do I wear? Or, you know, they get caught up in these little details. The, what is my show graphic? What is my intro? What is my outro? That will all come with time. And, and you can develop that over time and you can go, you know what? Now I've gotten more comfortable. So now I'm going to add this element. You also don't have to have you know, the most overproduced show stopping elements of a show to get your show going. So you get the show going, you get comfortable. And as you get comfortable, then you add each of the little pieces, you upgrade a piece here or, you know, add a new microphone, add a new camera eventually, but you don't have to start there. And, and you actually don't ever have to add those pieces because again, 
you already own a thousand dollar camera. I mean, most of us already have an iPhone or a Samsung Android or, but, but these phones aren't cheap. And so they're already going to do what you need them to do to get started. And they work perfect for years and years to go. You've had several different incarnations of your career, right? Yes. So how many live shows do you think you've done? So um, I got started in the early days of Meerkat and Periscope, which Meerkat is long, long gone. And as of April 1st, Periscope is gone. Um, so it's kind of this weird, like what I got started on, it doesn't even exist anymore for live streaming. And that was really just me as Julie Riley. It wasn't as a brand or um, a company. And it was just the most raw, awful, <laughs> terrible, just rambling of a live show. But it got me comfortable in front of the camera. It got me comfortable talking to people and to acknowledging the comments that are um, taking place. And from there, I progressed into doing some live shows with a marketing agency that I worked for. Um, and those were for clients of the agency that we would help them out. After I left that agency, I went out on my own and uh, started my own agency. And with that, we had um, two live shows that we consistently did. And that was uh, Depict This which was our Friday happy hour show broadcast from a brewery featuring local people in our community that were just doing cool things. And then we had um, a Wednesday show where we went live that was um, featuring people in the marketing industry talking about other aspects of marketing. So we would interview them in this style of a show. As I progressed into StreamYard, um, we have my live stream impact on Mondays at 1 p.m. Central Time. And then every other Friday, uh, which this is our Friday that we're on, we have Learn With Livestream, which is more of a tutorial style of things that you can do within the Livestream platform or uh, things you can add into it to kind of step it up that next level. And that's with my host, Christian Karasevich. What I love is that you do a lot of different types of things. So mm -hmm. it's education and entertainment, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, so like the depict this show, we wanted that show to have nothing to do with our agency at the time. It was not a show to promo our services, to promo our business, had nothing to do with a marketing agency. All it was, was to highlight cool people in our community. So I'm in Wichita, Kansas. And, um, Surprisingly, you know, people think of Kansas as like that, that state with all the wheat fields and the corn fields and, uh, but it's really a kind of an up and coming area as far as a lot of art districts, a lot of just cool things that are happening. So we would find people who had an event going on or were doing something cool with a nonprofit, um, or whatever it was that they kind of were doing that they were doing cool things in the community. And the show was simply just a sit down at the brewery, have a beer and interview them to talk about what they're doing. It just proves that you can live stream anything. Yes. I mean, granted, you probably don't want to live stream everything. <laughs> right? I know there are people who do. Sometimes there is oversharing. Violating the people in your community, it shows who you are worth as a person and agency that you want to let other people, you know, say, hey, I know this. Well, that's kind of how I use the show too. It's like, right. I have cool people and they know things. And you all need to know each other. <laughs> um, no, so I 
what I love about live streaming is it is your chance to build a community. You are having conversations, but it's not so polished and refined that it is that YouTube tutorial that is put up there. And there is a benefit to those too. But with live stream, you're building that audience. You're building that community. You're having those conversations. You're bringing people's comments up on the screen. You're talking with them. You're getting the opportunity to really build and establish that community. And I think it's just a little bit more raw and people are gonna start to know you, they're gonna start to like you, and they're gonna start to trust you. That, you know, marketing 101 right there. And um, and with that, once you establish that know, like, and trust, it's going to make them more likely to purchase from you, to book with you, to use your services, to recommend you, all of the above. And so all of those come from building that live stream community. And even if you're not a company that's a service or whatever, you're going to build that following. You're going to build those people that are going for to you for things. So if you're an influencer um, or whatever it is that you're going about. And the other thing is, is a couple years ago when, you know, Facebook made that big algorithm change and everybody was like, oh my gosh, it's the Facebook apocalypse and it's over and it's done. And Mark Zuckerberg came out and said, you know, we want conversations. Well, as you are live streaming and as people are commenting on your video and you're responding to them and you're responding in the comments to them later, but as you're doing that, you're building these conversations and building that community. And that is really such a big, important thing. Um, There's also the um, the immediate factor, right? I mean, I know some people watch replays and they say, and I know on your show you say, if you're watching the replay, a hashtag replay, so I remember to get back to you. Right. But even if it's in real time or if it's later, it's still that fun thing, right? Oh, I get to talk to these people. And, and that's what I love my real time viewers because I do, I get to talk right there to them. But even when they're watching that replay, they can still answer you and talk with you right as you're going through the live, like they're watching it live. Uh, and then you can really come back and kind of answer those and talk back to them too. So I, I think it's just such a valuable, valuable tool. So let's talk about live streaming versus uploading video. Well, if you're in social, you probably should, or if you're in business, and do social, you probably need to do, I hate to use the word need, but doing a little bit of everything is not a bad idea. How's that for like <laughs> tiling back, telling people what to do? No, well, so I I really think that that is exactly it is, is you should kind of be doing both. You've got to find why you go live and you've got to find why you do the other. For us, our live is exactly this. It's the conversations, it's the community, it's answering people and talking with them and bringing them that, you know, information in real time. Our YouTube videos are 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 polished. They're a tutorial style generally for us. They're a how to do something in StreamYard, how to upload your own audio, how to make a countdown timer, but they're a how to style and they're going to be a much shorter video. Whereas a live stream oftentimes is going to be 30 minutes to an hour, sometimes longer, <laughs> you know, so it really just depends on how long you're going live, but you're going to have that time frame of, um, a longer span, whereas 
with a YouTube, generally you're going to shorten those, you're going to edit them, you're going to condense it down, and it's going to be the super quick digestible information that somebody can go grab to learn what they need to move on. So it's like, it's like the quick hits. It's because YouTube is a search engine. People are going to YouTube to be like, how do I add this to my that? And you want to be able to answer that question. Whereas on Facebook, it's like, what cool person is Julie talking to this week? And what great information can I learn from it? After what you just said about YouTube, is there still benefits to live streaming to YouTube? Oh, absolutely. Um, It's amazing the community you can build on there. That again, if you're consistently going and consistently building that community and getting those videos uploaded, you're going to have people that are going to start to um, show up more and more. One, because they're going to know when you're going live if you're consistently doing it. But also because um, if they're hitting that subscribe button, they're going to get those notifications when you're live. They're going to see that. So they're going to start to show up there. Um, I know it's probably 50-50, my viewership, of YouTube viewership and Facebook viewership. Now, we have a question from Kim. Kim says, there seems to be very little organic Facebook reach anymore. This is probably the single roadblock that prevents me from live streaming. What do you think? So... The live streaming will actually increase your organic reach as you're doing it more and more. Again, you may go live the first 10, 20, 30 times and and have crickets chirping. But the more you're doing it and the more you're repurposing that content, the more you're sharing it out to viewers. And if you're having guests on, tagging them and having them share it out, the more you build a process, the more Facebook is going to go, okay, She's consistent. Now she's starting to get a couple of viewers here. Now she's starting to get a couple more. And you're going to start to build that viewership again. And that's going to increase your organic reach on not just those videos, but on your other content. So everybody needs to live stream because it's going to help you be seen more better everywhere. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. We just have to keep persevering, right? And right. say, Someday people are going to discover me and it's going to go. Yep. It takes time and crickets and there is nothing more painful than talking to yourself. I've done it. Uh, but the best thing you can do, I'm going to, I'll come back around it. So jump in and go live. And the other thing is, is don't, don't jump on your live and go, okay, so we're going to wait for some people to jump on and, and some viewers to come in. And so I'll get to my topic here in a minute. Because again, no matter how many people show up live, you are going to have more on your replay and your replay viewers are not going to sit around and wait for you to wait for your live viewers to come on. Um, because you also may never get any, like I did that in the early days. Oh uh, gosh, there is a live video out there somewhere. Hopefully it is buried and hidden. Um, that I did. And I, you know, that was, I didn't know any better. And I did the whole, I'm going to wait for somebody to get on. And nobody ever got on. And that made that even more awkward as I had said I was going to wait for people to get on. Um, so don't, don't go down that road. But really the best thing you can do is be consistent, but then also look at your stats on your page. Now, I say look at your stats as Facebook sent out an email this weekend that said Facebook analytics are going away. And I don't know if they're planning on replacing them. I'm not sure yet. Um, but if you use any third party tools, I, you know, I use Agora Pulse and it's my absolute go to for the best analytics. But um, 
they will tell you when you have the most viewers on your page. So you may go, you know what? I've been going live, uh, you know, on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. But maybe I have a large audience over in the Pacific Coast and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. my time is 8 a.m. their time and they're not wanting to jump on and watch a live. So maybe I need to look at when I have the largest amount of viewers mm -hmm. on my page and then move my live show to that time. I think that's a great point. I want to throw one little wrinkle into it because you're right. Uh, the consistency factor is good. And when people are watching is good, but you also to get the consistency factor, you need to choose a time that you can commit right. to every week. Yeah. Well, and that's what, so look ahead on when your viewers are, when you're picking your time frame. So kind of do that as you part of your pre-planning. When I started this live, I think I did my first two shows as solos that lasted maybe 10 minutes. And then I said, this is a great opportunity for me to bring in guests. So as a bonus, I didn't have to talk to myself. And B, it was a way to introduce new people. So think, so also, as you're figuring out your live, as you're doing the done is better than perfect thing, mm -hmm. it's okay to switch. But when you know your purpose and the, your reason for your live, it's easier to yes. figure out the details. So much. You know, when I planned my most recent show, I knew that it was going to be a show that was going to bring in guests. So always a guest. Um, now, that's not to say that I'm going to go live one day and 10 minutes before I'm supposed to go live, my guest messaged me and says, my kid is super sick and I'm not showing up. And I'm going to hop on and probably just do a shorter live that day and be like, hey, guys, you know, things happen. The guest Something, you know, but, but I went into it with that plan that it's always going to be an interview style. And then from there, went out and started to find my guests and knew kind of the topics that I wanted on the show. I wanted to be more business oriented, um, but around live streaming, but not just um, like we have a StreamYard spotlight that spotlights our StreamYard users. So I don't need to do one of those. We already have one. You know, we have the tutorial style. I wanted it to be more of a conversation um, and an interview and get to know some ideas to help our community. Um, so you kind of go into it with that rough plan and then you can start to build your show out from there. Well, I love a good plan. So I completely co-sign, agree, et cetera, et cetera on this. So let, let's get a little bit into more of the detail. You've already said that you you should stop thinking about it. The best time to start is was yesterday and the second best time to start is today, I think is the way that that one goes. Pretty much. So what advice for someone who just wants to start other than to just start, which of yeah. course they have to do. So a little bit more, we'll kind of expand on a little bit of what I was just saying Yes, please. was look at who your audience is, who you're going to be talking to. You know, if you're going to be talking to people who are setting goals, then you don't need to go live about basket weaving. They're not Unless. going to care. <laughs> well, unless your goals, your goal is to make a basket, but you're going to probably get very low views. You know, if that's what your show is suddenly about on this channel, if you are um, a cooking channel, then go. You know what? My audience is about cooking. Now is my show, is my page about a niche of cooking? Am I about Japanese cuisine um, or whatever? And so go down that path and kind of start to go, who am I talking to? 
what am I talking about, and what does my audience want? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what I want, it's what my audience wants. You can pull them. If you have a Facebook group, go ask them. People are happy to share their opinions with you. And they will tell you, hey, I'm looking for this kind of information. Or if your show's a little bit more broad, so like whereas mine is a little bit more about marketing and about bringing some ideas and ways to grow your stream, I might hit a block one day where I'm like, I don't know who to ask to be on my next show. Ask your previous guests, hey, do you have anyone you would suggest? Or what other topics do you want to know about? That way you can go bring those. Our Learn With Live stream, we go into our community all the time and say, what can we teach you? What do you want to know? And we'll go find a guest who can come on and teach on that topic in order to bring that there. So you're going to want your kind of strategy and your plan, your who you're talking to, figure out when you're going to go live, where are you going to go live? Um, you know, are you going to go live on all of your channels or just one and really direct everybody there and build an audience? Um, again, what is your strategy? Um, the why? The why are you going live? <laughs> why is such a such a big question that so many people overlook? Um, are you going live to sell a product? Are you going live to get more leads to your business? Are you going live to book a service? So find that why. And then again, that's going to be part of your overarching strategy. Because if your strategy is to get more leads to your business, then you need to make sure that you're talking about your business and not just talking about other things and, and putting that plug in there. It doesn't have to be a flashing neon billboard sign, but you can put that in there. And as long as it's done naturally and in a conversation, it's going to come across perfect. Just like where you mention your book at the beginning of your show. It is your show and you should mention your book. Um, but it's done naturally and done in conversation and just flows right with the piece. And so then you can inform and educate your audience, but still bring up your goal and your your side of business. And I love that you used me as an example because I, I feel that way too. I mean, the purpose of this show is to help people reach their goals. Mm -hmm. And people have different goals, which is why I talk to people in different areas. Although we do focus a lot on entrepreneurship, writing and creativity and work-life balance because these are things that most people face Anyway, when you were talking about your show at the bar, it was to show who you were as well as to highlight people in your community, which is just another great, great place for a show. And I believe I became a guest on your show because somebody, I think it was Joanne asked, what are you using your life for? And I said, well, I use it as an extension of my Twitter chat. You said, yes. hey, Deb, let's talk about how you use your life. I want to flip to what makes a good host and what makes a good guest. Part of, I think, being a good guest is being out there and looking for opportunities to share what you know. You could just go live as guests on other people's show as well. Yeah, I know quite a few who don't have their own show, and I see them bounce from show to show to show all the time. Um, you know, and the marketing bubble is super small, and I see so many that are guests, but they don't have their own show, and that works perfect for them. So it goes back to the strategy. It's like, what is the life you want? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do to get there? Is it going to be by by using your voice? And I think there's a lot to be said, too, about 
I don't necessarily like the word influencer because that can be, there are so many different connotations. So let's just use expert. So you can be an expert by showcasing other experts to your community, Mm -hmm. but you can also be an expert by making a plan to showcase your expertise elsewhere. Right. What advice do you have for people to be a good live stream guest? Yeah. So to be a guest, um, be open and be willing to share. Again, don't overthink things and get stuck because humans, we get stuck in this imposter syndrome and this overthinking and this, oh my gosh, I stuttered back here. And now she's five questions ahead. And my brain is still stuck back here on this thing. I didn't say that I wanted to say, and I I messed it up. Um, and, and so you've got to just roll with the conversation and really treat it like that. Treat it like a conversation. Like Deb and I are sitting here talking back and forth. Um, or if I need to feel that like that I'm talking to an audience, that I'm talking to an audience, not to a camera. Uh, so that those are so many things because I think we we get stuck with there's a camera and there's lights and and oh my gosh, I, 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 I'm frozen. I don't know what to do. It's a conversation. Just have fun. I think to have fun, that is like my favorite piece of advice to give on anything. And whether you're a host or whether you're a guest, there's a reason you're doing this. And the more fun you have, I mean, come on, audience, can you tell Julie and I are like having the best time? So it's be yourself and know yourself because you're going to develop the way that you do your show. And you said know, like, and trust before too. They're the three marketing buzzwords. Why do you do anything? Get people to know you because they purchase from people who know, like, and trust you. Mm-hmm. And I think you can't get to know anybody better than you can than when you're just chatting. Right. Right? Yeah. It it creates that um, – it breaks the barriers down. It breaks the walls down. And it just adds that comfort level. And so what other advice other than have fun and be yourself do you have for live stream hosts? Have a plan. Have an outline if you need to. Don't script it. Um, It's never going to feel like a conversation and it's never going to feel comfortable if you're trying to read a script the whole time. This is not, again, so a pre-recorded video, script that out. Have that, have your teleprompter there because you're going to edit pieces of that. You're going to edit out the ums and the sos and the all of the filler words that we all say way too many of. I know so is mine that I catch myself all the time and I'm like, I'm trying because I'm trying to break myself of that one, but I catch it. So go in with a plan. You know, when I have my live show, I have my iPad next to me that I have a Google Doc for each show and it has an outline. I have my things I need to remember to mention at the beginning of the show just because I can get going. We're human. You get Live streaming for some people will create adrenaline. Um, it will kind of get your heart pumping and suddenly now you're like talking too fast and you're going out through the intro and you're like, hello, I'm welcome to Julian. And I don't know what I'm saying anymore. And I'm froze and I'm, I'm scared. And, and so you have that little outline next to you that can just have those points going, okay, I need to do my intro. I need to remind people who, if they're watching in my Facebook group to click the link to show who they are, because that's a Facebook thing. I need to say, Hey, if you're watching the replay, do this. I want to mention, um, our Veda challenge. I want to mention our summit. I want to go through each of those pieces and make sure that I touch them. 
And then I'm going to jump into my guest. And I generally read the bio of my guest. So I have that. And then I have my questions there ready just so I can see them and touch on them as we're going through the conversation. And I keep that next to me the whole time open. Um, I don't let, I have my set so my screen won't close. Uh, because there's also nothing worse than now suddenly you're like trying to get back into it while you're trying to be live. Uh, it's all those awkward things where you're like, now I'm looking over here. Um, <laughs> so I just have it right in front of me to where I can glance down and go, okay, touched, next, next, you know. And so my brain sees it and knows to say it. And I'm not forgetting those pieces. Um, because it is easy to get going live and get that conversation. And to suddenly, as soon as you hit the end, you're going, I didn't mention the summit. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. I was supposed to do that. Um, you know, or whatever it is that you wanted to mention. Or I even have, we do a giveaway for a StreamYard mug on every show. And I even have at the very bottom, okay, giveaway time. Like, just to remind myself so I don't get going. And, and it's something I do every show. I probably will never forget it. But it could happen. And so I have all those touch points. And the other thing is, you know how when you write things down, you're less likely to forget them. You don't even have to look at your notes or you can look at look at them at the end. Back in my journalist days, what I would do a lot of uh, lifestyle interviews and things. And I would always have my questions that I would look at at the end because right. I would do my conversations like this and then make sure that I didn't forget anything. Nine times out of 10, I'm like, yeah, we're good. Okay, we have another question from Kim. Uh, she wants to know if you have any thoughts on Clubhouse. So I have a love-hate relationship with Clubhouse right now. Um, I think it is a tool that is working very well for some people. There's some people who are building a good following over there, and they're finding their niche over there. I do not think it is the place that everybody needs to be. I've always said um, when I teach about social media strategy in general that you do not have to be everywhere. Go claim your name on a platform when the platform exists. So if you do later decide you need to be over there, you've got your name grabbed. But beyond that, figure out if that place fits into the strategy for your business. Is your audience over there or are you going to create an audience over there that will become your audience? But does it fit into your business strategy? And if it doesn't fit into your business strategy, do not feel that you have to make it work. You do not have to fit the square peg into the round hole. It, it, so it's going to depend on what your goals are. Um, one of my very good friends in um, the marketing industry, when it first came out, she was an Android user anyways, but she did have an iP iPad. So she's like, I can get over there. She goes, but it does not fit my current business goals. My current business goals are on my YouTube channel and it's going to um, be a distraction if I'm over here trying to build this community while I'm trying to work on this other goal. Now she did reach a point where she had kind of met her other goal and at that point said, okay, now I can go explore Clubhouse and see if this is a goal that I want to work on. She has a weekly show she's doing now um, and, and kind of seeing how that fits. StreamYard did have a weekly show for a little while. We've backed off on it right now because at the time, for the time being, it was not meeting our goals. Um, and so we may revisit that. We may revisit Twitter 
whatever it is their theirs is called when it comes out. Theirs is on the way. Of the spaces. Um, yes, spaces. You know, and and for us, I have a feeling that Twitter Spaces is actually going to fit our goals more than the clubhouse will. Um, but so it it really just depends on what your current goals are. Interesting. And I'm one of those Android users who like, do I need to get an iPad or I have plenty of other things to keep me busy. I can wait and decide later if I choose to be obsessed with Clubhouse. I'm not a fan personally, but I know people who are loving it and they're getting new followers and they're, they're getting new bookings and they're, they're getting business off of it. Um, so it's working for some. It's, it's not where I want to spend my time. You say so many things I agree with. Shocker. But go. it really all goes back to what I talk about a lot is the mission. What is your mission? What do you want for your life? And what do you need to do to turn those dreams, those goals into reality? And maybe, And I also know people who are like, they are big podcasters. And Clubhouse makes complete sense mm-hmm. because they're all in on audio, which is perfect for them. So when you when you take the time to think about the life you are, where you are, where you want to go, then you can make the right decisions. The other thing that you said, which I love, 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 is claim your name everywhere. You could decide what to do about it later. Exactly. Yeah, go grab it. Then you have it. It's yours. And if you need to circle back around, you can. Marissa said, I think it's very easy to get distracted with all the new things coming up. Absolutely. Shiny object syndrome. In the social media space, I think we have more shiny objects than others. So when you know your mission, when you know your motto, when you know that the other thing is what you're good at and what you love, Mm -hmm. do more of that. Because if you do the things you don't love, you're swapping time where you could be doing the things that you really enjoy. Well, and the other thing I found is when you're doing things you don't love is other people know you don't love it. It's obvious you're forcing it and it becomes obvious and it's uncomfortable. And it's, it's not just uncomfortable for you. It's uncomfortable for your viewers or your listeners. It is apparent that you're not wanting to be there, but you're trying to force it. You're so right. And I always think about it from the other end. You know, when you love what you're doing, it leaks all over the place and other people get it, but there is that other side of it that they're going to get that you don't love it too. And LaToya Glenn says, yes, stay focused on what's working, not what's shiny. But we love what's shiny. But you need to do more of what's working. And what if what's working is shiny? Win-win-win. What I say is when the shiny object comes out, go, go see. Go explore it temporarily, shortly. Go spend, you know, a week there, maybe even a couple weeks if you need to explore the shiny object. But then go, is this shiny object part of my goals? And do I continue using this shiny object? It's okay to let it go. It's okay to say, you know what? This doesn't align. And now I'm coming back over here. This is great. And I think we're we're almost at the point where we have to give bonus goals. And I feel like I I was going to ask about live stream goals, but I feel like this is a good extra bonus goals to say, explore a shiny object and see if the shiny object is part of your end game mm-hmm. and make a decision. So I we're, we're going to go backwards and do the extra bonus goal first. Okay. What do you think? Works for me. Do you have, or is Clubhouse your example? Do you have a good example of this? Um, Clubhouse is probably my good example of this. You know, 
Snapchat was one that, you know, personally that I was just like, again, there it's, this is a conversation with some friends, but it's not serving a benefit. It's, it's wasting my time. Um, so Snapchat's one that I personally got rid of. I was like, yeah, I don't need to be over there. I feel that way about stories. Oh, see, I like stories. I I feel like for the bonus school, that should be my, my shiny object, even though it's not new. It's something that I always thought, why put the time into something that goes away? What I say with stories is the best thing businesses can do with those is use those as a quick little inside snippet to like the behind the scenes of your business. Or if you're a retail side of a business, use it as flash sales. You'll see how many people are following you on social media if you post a flash sale saying, come in and use this code for 20% off. And there's only 24 hours there that somebody's going to see that code. And you'll kind of start to see, you know, so there's some, but I like the behind the scenes side of it. Because I don't have enough to do. I'm convinced that will be my shiny object goal since I obviously can't play on Clubhouse yet. Yep. So we need a live stream goal. If you have not started live streaming yet, go do it. So that that is your goal if you've not started at all. If you've not done live, if you've been sitting there hesitating, go live. I tell people, it doesn't matter what your industry is. I had um, an industry who was wastewater treatment plants and they could find things to go alive about. One of the most successful live streamers in the industry, and I cannot remember his name right now off the top of my head and it's bugging me, um, he's a plumber and he does amazing live streams. I had a chimney client, chimney cleaning service. So it doesn't matter what your industry is, you can find things to go live about. So if you have not, go live. If you have gone live and you've been hesitant to do it again, same goal, you're gonna go live. My final one is, is if you're already going live, then I want you to find something that you can do to step your live up one little step. Whether it's adding in an element to your live, if you're using a tool like StreamYard and you have the opportunity to add in a countdown timer or an intro video or some graphic overlays, add those in to your live just to step that up one little notch. And if you're unsure how to do that, message me and I'll help you. If you are not using a tool like this, then I want you to, hmm, I want you to make an ask to a guest, um, to somebody that you've wanted on your show and you've been afraid to ask them. Go ask them. So, okay. It was kind of a slew of goals there. I know. I love it. Depending on your level. Well, I love it. So to recap, if you have never gone live, your bonus goal is to go live. If you've only gone live once or twice, your bonus goal is to go live again. Yes. If you have a show and you need to go live, then do something to step up your game. Mm -hmm. And if you're having challenges, reach out to Julie. I'll also have her links in the recap. And if you're already doing all these awesome things, your bonus goal is to reach out to a dream guest. Because if you don't ask, the answer is no. You will be amazed at who will say yes. My One of my dream guests did say yes. Unfortunately, she has a live show at the exact same time as mine. So she is on hold to another show another time. Um, but she, um, without hesitation, said yes. Um, and so it, it is exactly that. If you don't go ask them, the answer is always no, because you didn't ask. I'm going to give another, uh, one more layer to that, which is 
if a show is too overwhelming, then offer yourself as a guest to a live. Yes. That that's a great one too. And start to get comfortable. Um, and one thing I can tell a tip, quick tip before we wrap this up, Please. if going live is uncomfortable for you, if you're afraid of that, if you're going, I don't know where to look at the camera, I'm looking at the screen versus the camera versus over here. Or again, I'm not sure about how I sound, how I'm talking. Go start a private Facebook group. Anybody can start a Facebook group. Facebook doesn't require anything. Mm. You can be the only person in that group and go live to that empty group and start to get comfortable talking to the camera, talking through the mic, how your presence is. If you're somebody who's going to sit still, I talk with my hands. Clearly, they talk with my hand. They're everywhere. But that's what makes, that's what is comfortable for me. I'm animated. So I'm not going to try to force my hands into my lap because I'm going to get twitchy and uncomfortable if I force them into my lap the whole time. But find out what you're comfortable with and practice. That way you can keep your lives and watch them again and learn from them. Whereas if you just go live for yourself on, on your wall, private just to you, it's all splattered everywhere. This is great. Start a group and no one needs to know about it. I think you can do, you can still do hidden groups, I think. Yes. And just do it. And you might get to a point where you want to invite people to your group. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. You know, it might become the, hey, other people are struggling with this too. Let's see who else is struggling with video and invite them in. And now we can give each other advice or give each other tips on saying, okay, that was awesome. Or you, th this part kind of didn't work. Or maybe your hands are super distracting, <laughs> you know, but whatever that piece is, so you can start to get comfortable and you can start to help others. They can help you. It's such a good point. If you are struggling for something, if you have a problem, if you find a solution, it's, it's like the definition of disruption. See what trouble you're having, give yourself a solution and then offer the solution to others. You've just reworked your career. Exactly. You're, right if you're watching, you're welcome. <laughs> that was like million dollar like freebie right there. It's really all about the goal, right? Think about what you want for your life and what that means for you, what you need to do to get there and figure out what you need to do and then just do it. And if live streaming is something that you've always been thinking about it, then stop thinking and start doing because you never know unless you try it. Right. That's exactly it. You have been wonderful. Thank you so much, Julie Riley, for joining me today. Again, I'm Deborah Eckerling. I'm author of Your Goal Guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals. And if you want to learn more about my book, Your Goal Guide book, Dot com will take you to the Amazon link or you can find it at your favorite bookstore. If you want to learn more about me, please go to thedevmethod.com. And, and Julie, this has been so much fun. Do you have a final, final, final thought? Go live. Don't be afraid. Uh, Press the button. Yes. And remember, you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it.
This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.